We're in the middle of a series entitled Courage to Use Your Weapons. And we're using Ephesians chapter 6 as our main text. And I'm going to ask us to read it together as it appears on the screen. Ephesians chapter 6, reading from verse 10. Let's read together. Everybody, let's read. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Continue. Keep going. Continue till verse 17. So, these texts that we have read underlines what we need to put on as those who are involved in the army. To put on the armor of God because we have an enemy called Satan. Paul wrote in these days using the analogy of the Roman soldiers, what they used to wear. And every piece of armor that they wore, Paul shows that it had a role to play. What we are trying to understand in this series of lessons is the significance, the significance of these pieces of armor. What does the loins or the waist of truth talk about? Well, last week, my bishop laid it out for you all. Tweet. And then we have the breastplate of righteousness. Thirdly, the feet, which should be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Number four, the shield of faith. Five, the helmet of salvation. And the sword of the spirit, like forward uh, to Raymond Ngobeni was praying. And so... I felt, Bazalana, looking at this series, given the richness of content in it, we're not going to rush it. We're going to take our time and slowly, decisively, and intentionally dissect it and elucidate and illuminate you. Shamama. And we will delve into every piece of armor so that you can understand in a practical sense. So we will continue with the series even after Good Friday. And we will only cover one piece every week. I'm really excited about this, Bazalana, because this particular text is one of those that is very often quoted by Christian people without understanding what the armor means. Of course, we learned about the belt last week. Today, 
will focus on your feet. Look at your feet and say, we're focusing on my feet today. And a very interesting language is used there by Paul in verse 15. Let's read it again. It says, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The NIV reads, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. What does it mean? The complete Jewish Bible reads, and wear on your feet the readiness that comes from the good news of shalom. The Amplified Bible reads, and having shod your feet in preparation to face the enemy with the firm-footed stability, the promptness, and the readiness produced by good news of the gospel of peace. Even after reading different translations, it's really difficult to get what the brother is talking about. It's only until you look at the pictures of the shoes or the sandals that the soldiers had on. That which is worn on the feet by soldiers were shoes or sandals. When you compare shoes and when you think about shoes, shoes don't really sound like a weapon of mass destruction. Shoes really seem very passive. And they seem to be like a peaceful part of the spiritual armor. However, when you really look at the shoes he was talking about and the greaves he was talking about, then you'll understand that these shoes were not just ordinary shoes, but they were killer shoes as worn by the Roman soldiers. The shoes really of the Roman soldiers were vicious weapons. Let's show you what he's talking about. The first portion that consisted of these shoes were the greaves. These greaves began at the top of the legs near the knees and extended down to the feet. So that portion that covered the knees to the feet were called the greaves, as you see in that picture. You know that these greaves were made of metal and they were specially shaped to wrap around the calves of a soldier's legs. And you can note that these greaves, because they're made out of metal, they're very uncomfortable. And they would wear these, though they're uncomfortable, they are also essential for the safekeeping of the soldier's legs. The shoe as well. Let's have the shoe. You can note it's made out of heavy pieces of leather or metal tied together with leather straps, which were intermingled with bits of metal. At the bottom, these shoes were manufactured of heavy leather or pieces of metal. The bottom of the shoe's head, as you can see, it was affixed with sharp, dangerous, protruding spikes. And all of these things, Bazalana, had a purpose to that. So, what was the reason, therefore, for this gear on the soldier's legs and feet? Let's first of all have the greaves back in the background. The greaves, which, as we said, the metal that covered the soldier's legs from the knees to the top of the feet were designed to protect the soldier's calves when he was required to march. As the soldiers marched on, to fulfill their mission of fighting the enemy, they would go through thorny terrains, rocky terrains. So their legs needed protection. If they had no protection on their legs, their legs would be cut, they would be gashed 
by everything that was in the environment. This says to you and me that as we move on in our destiny to fulfill what God has called us to do, there are obstacles on the way. God doesn't remove the obstacles. God says you can walk through the obstacles. So the griefs gave the soldier protection so that he can keep on walking regardless of the obstacles he encountered. God wants you, no matter what obstacle you encounter, to keep on walking. And so God says, put on your feet the preparation of the gospel of peace. Put on your feet that which is going to help you even when times are tough. These metal barriers also gave this soldier defensive protection in moments when they stood face to face with the adversary. Because as they were engaging in warfare, the adversary would try to break his legs. So he would kick this soldier on the shin. We know about shin guards today. And so because the shoulder's calves were covered in, his, in these greaves, their legs could not be broken and the enemy's attack were in vain. I'm here to tell you, the enemy wants to break your legs so that you don't walk on in fulfilling your destiny. But you are going to walk on regardless of the attack of the enemy because your feet today are going to be covered in greaves. I'll explain how you do that. And when you have your feet covered and when you have your feet protected, it doesn't matter what the enemy tries to do. You will get on to the other side. Can I hear an amen? The shoes on the other hand had spikes at the bottom. And the reason for these spikes on the shoes was that the soldiers were to be held in place when in battle. See, when we're in battle, God doesn't want us to be shaky and unstable, unsure and uncertain. Because the soldier's opponent would try to push him around. So the spikes at the bottom of the shoes help the soldier to be kept in place, making the soldier virtually immovable. Bible says for you and me to be immovable in our faith, unshakable in our faith. But we cannot be immovable if we don't put on our feet these gospel shoes. If we don't wear these shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace, we will be moved when the enemy attacks us. The spikes as well, we are told, they were designed such that it was difficult for the soldier to move backwards. They were made such that once they get a grip, you can't go back. You just have to move forward, soldier. I'm here to tell you from today, you're not going to back off from the enemy. Tell your neighbor, you're not going to back off from the enemy. Even if you're not saying amen, just tell them, you're not going to back off. God doesn't want us to back off. God doesn't want to back off. In fact, it's very interesting to note, the armor that the soldiers wore only covered them in front. There was nothing to cover the back. Because God doesn't want you to turn your back on the enemy. I said God doesn't want you to turn your back on the enemy. 
I'm here to prophesy and say from today you're not going to turn your back on the enemy. I'm talking to somebody whose back is against the wall. I'm saying you're not going to turn back from the enemy. The soldier had to move forward because their feet and the spikes that dug into the ground only worked well when the soldier moves forward. You can't go back, soldier. God doesn't want you to run from any conflict. God doesn't want you to run from every attack of the devil. God doesn't want you to run from the valley of the shadow of death. Even when the valley of the shadow of death comes, you got to say like David, even though I walk through, God wants you to walk through. Somebody say, I'm walking through. Additionally, these spikes on the bottom some of them would be even placed on the front of the shoes. They served as weapons of brutality and weapons of murder. Once you pushed your enemy to the ground, you would kick them with these shoes. And the enemy would be dead. Just a few seconds of stomping on a fallen adversary you would eradicate that adversary forever. I want to show you how we can, in an offensive way, push back the powers of darkness. Instead of being passive about the attack of the enemy and the works of Satan, you and I can put these shoes and these greaves on our feet. Now note, interesting that Paul says your feet must be shod. Somebody say shod. S-H-O-D. Look at your neighbor and say S-H-O-D. Not short, but short. Tell your neighbor S-H-O-D. You know, when you read this, it's very interesting that even when you read different translations, they don't seem to try and explain what this means. He says your feet shod. Note what it says. They are to be shod with something special. He calls it the preparation of the gospel of peace. It's unbelievable that these shoes, as I've described them, they are like weapons of mass destruction. They are like killer shoes. How do you then, Paul, call them short with the preparation of the gospel of peace? How do you connect peace with killer shoes? The word short that's used in this passage conveys the idea of binding something very tightly. Your feet must be short. In other words, you've got to tie these shoes very tightly. And when the Roman soldiers tie these shoes, they tie them at the bottom of their feet. So it's not a picture, therefore, of loosely fitting the shoes. But it is a picture of a shoe that has been tied onto the bottom of the feet extremely tightly. So that as you engage in war, your, your shoes don't fall off. So that as you push the frontiers of darkness back, your shoes don't fall off. How does this apply then in a practical way? Let me explain it to you. Just like the greaves of a Roman soldier protected them from the environment and from the blows of the enemy, Watch this. When the peace of God is operational in our lives, it will protect us and defend us from all the hassles and the assaults of the devil. What do I mean? Well, 
When Satan comes our way, he tries to disrupt our peace. He tries to distract our peace. He steals our peace and causes our attention to be focused on the negative events that are whirling around in our lives. And so very often when Satan is about to attack you, he makes you to take your attention from God and put your attention on the whirlwind that's around you. God says, don't let your shoes be loose. Keep your attention on the peace of God. Just like protective griefs. And they stop you from being hurt and enables you to keep on marching forward. Keep that peace. In other words, don't allow worry and anxiety to fill your life. Don't allow concern to be what happens in your life. Never ever Go back and retreat from what you're trying to do because of worry and anxiety. You know, Paul, when he talks about his mission to the churches, he writes about his journey. He writes about his concerns. And he talks about how he has been persecuted, how he has been lied about, how he suffered hunger, how he suffered persecution. But then he said, most of all, the cares of the churches. Listen to this. Paul is saying, of all the things that I get to deal with as a leader, one of the biggest things I have to deal with is worry and anxiety. If you've ever led anything, you'll know that sometimes you become worried over what you're doing. Even as a husband or a wife, you may be worried about your children, worried about your family, worried about your job. Most people don't understand that when Satan brings worry and anxiety, he's trying to make you fall as a soldier. And if you allow yourself to take your attention off God, and you allow God's peace to live your life, and you rather focus on worry and anxiety, he's going to take you out. And you'll never be able to move forward. There are many people who will never start any project because they have worry and anxiety that things will never work out. There are some of you who started something that was good in your life and it failed. Now you are afraid to start again. Because anytime you try to start again, the devil brings back the memory of your failed attempts. I'm here to tell you, you are putting your shoes back this morning and you are getting back on that. We will not allow worry. Never therefore retreat back and take on worry and anxiety. Anything that worries you, give it to God. Give all your worries. Give all your concerns. Move forward and let the peace of God be your weapon. Don't back down. Once you have given your problems to God, don't go back and pick them up again. 1 Peter 5, 7 in the Amplified says, Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns. What does the word all mean? Uh, uh, you are not explaining. What does the word all mean? You can't say all. All means all. Okay, let, 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 let Umfundisi explain to you what all means. All means nothing left out. All means hinkwashu. All means yonkinto. All means gonke. All means alles. 
All means zote. That's what all means. So I've explained it to you. Watch this. Casting how much? Watch it now. We want to have it on the screen. Casting all your what? All your what? Anxiety? Anxiety? Oh, anxiety? You mean you're not all your what you're anxious about? Umbrella or how do two blues or so? Have you seen people daydreaming? Thinking about the West. Salo apply le, they are not phoning you. Why puts her? Sali out here, eat it now phone. All your what? And then what? All your worries. Worries. Are you telling me God doesn't want you to worry? Yeah, you see, your yes is even half-hearted. You know, most Christians don't realize that worry is a sin. Yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't put it here. I'll leave it out. But in the book of Luke, Jesus says, listen to what Jesus says. He says, in the last days, men's hearts will be overcharged through suffering, which is overdrinking, Gluttony, overeating. No, 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 no. You are saying what I didn't say. Now I didn't say what you are saying. And cares of this world. Now watch how, how hypocritical we are as church people. We criticize drunkards. Right? We criticize drunkards. Mara, we are sitting in church with people full of worry. And God puts the drunkard and the warrior on the same shelf. In other words, even if you don't drink, you are just like a drunkard in the eyes of God if you are full of worry and anxiety. Look at, look at the warrior person next to you and say, hey, you need to be dry, you need to be dry. You must stop drinking. You know, you know, the, the lie Satan tells us is that, or oh, if you don't worry, you don't care. So we, we are convinced that if you really love you, you must worry. No, I'm coming to you. I can see. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming where you live. I'm coming. I'm knocking on your door. All your worries. Let's have it up. All your and what? concerns. We think when we really love, we must worry. We are worrying about our children. Worried about our husband. Worried. We're worried. Now, I'm not talking about when you are waiting for somebody. I'm talking about when you worry and what happens? When you are worried, what happens? You start painting negative pictures. Yeah. You start thinking of the worst. What you're not realizing is Satan or a judo. Yeah. Satan is pushing you back. You are losing against the enemy. But what I ring? Casting what? Casting what? The whole of your care. All your? 
let's read Lenguadet. 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 Skelaquatel and Bishop put Lenguatum. Lerat. Skelanquatella, maybe. Sam Quatelane. Or some of you, you think I can't see Vicky Tabitaka just now. Let's read it in casting. Yeah. All your. All your. All your. Read the next part. Read it again. Read it one more time. You know what it means? It means if you've prayed about it, you have no business praying about it again. That's what it means. If you've done, if you've done it like Richard Masovet, you once cut. You don't pray about it again. And if you've done it, you don't go back and worry about it again. You don't touch it in your thought life. You don't touch it in your conversation. You don't say to people, apply pizza and the last time I got Tolamusabet. When you are talking like that, the enemy has just taken you out. But when you've given it to God, you trust God. Ah, you allow, let's read it. Let's casting all your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns upon him for he cares for you and cares about you what? Watch, God cares for you affectionately. He loves you. And number two, he cares about you watchfully. He's looking. And guarding, making sure nothing bad happens to you. God is saying, this child of mine has entrusted me with their destiny. I'll make sure that there's nothing that takes them out. But the minute you take the worry and the anxiety back, you are saying to God, I don't trust you. Like that illustration I gave the last time. You know, when I grew up as a child, I loved, you know, I liked watching animals. I liked just watching nature. I'd watch, you know, there used to be these ants, they're great. Are they still there? You think? I don't know what their species they are. I used to like watching them, and at home we had them, you know. You know, they always dig up everything. And I'd lie down as a child and watch them. Ask God, pray to God that they don't ever get up your clothes. <laughs> Jesus. Anyhow. And I'd see these ants scrambling for food. Shame. Bringing some small onion things and dragging these things into the hole. And you know, because Libby said, like a kimosa. And I'm full of compassion. I would think it could be pandel. Serious, Bazarana, honestly. I'm not, telling, I'm not telling a lie. So go high, we were opposite an open space. So Nikia goes gangay. Kilo kraya ntete. Not get a locust. Yeah, I'm explaining to the born freeze what ntete is. It's a locust. <laughs> and I bring this locust. Kill it, bring it. Yeah, it, it has to die. How? How? I wasn't a pastor then. Jesus has forgiven me all my sins. And then I'd bring it, you know. And I'd see them trying to pull this thing into the hole. I mean, it's so big. And you'd see some of them, you know, on top of it, some on the side, some, all pushing it and pulling and pulling and working so hard to take the food into the hole. 
And I'm sitting there thinking, these guys, I don't understand. In the first place, I'm the one who provided this. <laughs> Secondly, yeah, they're struggling. All they have to do is to just ask me. <laughs> to take the food into the hole. Look at the way they're working so hard. They're pulling the other one. All they have to do and watch. I'm watching over there. Watching over them. Even if Kilita, they didn't recognize my presence. They're not asking for help. They're trying to do it in their strength. That's how you look to God when you are. That's how you look to God. God says all your worries, all your concerns, all your anxieties, throw them to me. Through prayer and petition, tell God, God, give us undead. Can you provide it for me? I wonder Just as those spikes held a Roman soldier securely in place when his enemy tried to push him around, the peace of God was alone. Will hold you in place when the devil tries to push you. In other words, after you have given it to God, be at peace. Be at peace. Don't touch it with your thought love. Don't talk negatively about it. Don't even allow other people who are uninitiated to worry you, Kayon. You know, as a leader of the church, I have people asking me all the time, how are you going to do this? How are you going to do this? And us! And us! All I know is I talk to God about it. Even when we're at home, when we talk, I don't want to talk about the problems of the church. Why? There are things I can't solve. Why? I never. never. What will I do? I can't change people's lives. I can't force people to do anything. I tell you all that. I like to talk about the church on the positive side. Now, there are problems I can solve, but there's a lot of problems I can't solve. There's many of them. Give me a thousand churches. How? Huh? This year we must build six buildings. How? Just look at you. You're already worried. All the years, Barcelona, I learned early in my work with God. When I read the scripture, I committed it to memory and I committed myself that, you know what, God, I'm going to be at peace in my life. Peace. 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 You, you won't know, we go through a lot of difficult things in this church. Certain times when we are abused by people and they use their power against us to defraud us of things. Deals that go sour. Where people you can see these ones, but I say, well, I'm not going to fight. I'm not a coward, but there are fights that are not necessary. 
It's not necessary. Yeah. I'm, I'm too busy focusing on God than to focus on certain people. And some of you, you lie awake over people and it's not going to help you. Because tell the truth. You worried about it, it hasn't been solved even today. Instead of Tsurike Hai Hai, Unalidi Alsa, Lepilu. What's the use? Now, that, that, that medical science will tell you that's what worry and anxiety does to people. It gives you ulcers, gives you high blood pressure, it gives you heart conditions. It's called psychosomatic disease. Now, I didn't say if you have heart conditions and high blood is because you're worried. I don't know. There's other reasons. But most, and these are the diseases of the world today. Jesus said it. In the last days, men's hearts will fail them. For the things that are coming on the world. Yeah. There's problems in the world. And if you don't discipline yourself and know how to ask God. Yeah. Some of you are worried about Banabaka. They'll do this. Banabaka, what about drugs? Banabaka, what if? Banabaka, what if? Hey, chill, chill. Teach them, do what's right, pray for them. Mara, you can't overguard that 24 7, 365. You can't. You can't. Worrying is not going to give you the information. What it will give you, get a high, high. Did the answer? Yeah. Yeah. You're not getting a job. Your business is not working. Why are you worrying? Because when you're worrying, God is saying, when you're worrying, you are telling me you have the ability to solve it. So he's watching. He says, all right, let me see you. And you're busy battling. And God says, I'm here. I'm waiting for your invitation. Yes. Tell your neighbor, I won't worry anymore. Tell them, I'm putting my shoes on. Tell your other neighbor, I'm putting my shoes on. Tell your neighbor, I'm not going to stop moving forward because of worry and anxiety. I'm not going to stop doing what God has called me to do. I've got my shoes on. I'm not moving back. I've got my shoes on. I'm not retreating. I got my shoes on. I'm not running away. I got my shoes on. I'm not going to go back. I'm going to attack the enemy no matter what he says. I'm coming. Put your shoes on. As the soldier used the spikes, he would also kick and kill the opponent. In other words, peace is a weapon of mass destruction against Satan. Satan doesn't know what to do with a man and a woman who won't worry. When Jesus taught about, taught about the sower and the seed, he said the seed that fell on the wayside was eaten. The seed that fell among thorns grew up and it choked the seed. And when he explains, he says the seed that was choked, no, the seed was planted. Mara, it was stopped from producing. So in other words, it <laughs> 
Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah. You come to church, you hear the preaching. But what, 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 what immobilizes this powerful seed you've been receiving is because Maupuma Lana Utu apply a lento. Yeah, yeah. Note what Jesus says. He says, these are the ones who, after hearing the word, the cares of this world entering in is the word worry. So what happens? What happens? Let me show you how it works. Let me show you how it works. You come here, you hear about healing. So you say, okay, I'm going to believe God for healing. I've been sick all my life. The doctor says I can't get healed. I'm believing God for healing. So you say, let's pray for you. We pray. Our in the service, everything is nice. Hallelujah. Maupu Malana, a thought comes. Are you really healed? Yeah, that, that's how it enters in. And then you go pay anymore. And the third say, Wabon? Wabon? So you start worrying and wondering, or Marochori. So no, I'm not saying my slums. So you start worrying over that. And then two weeks later, you are back to the same condition. But let's tell the truth. After prayer, things were different. What changed the equation is you allowed worry and anxiety to enter in. God says, when the devil tries to come back, by being at peace. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Listen, they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Watch. The strongholds mentioned there are not demons. Next verse is casting down imagination. And every high thing that presents itself against the Lord of God, and it says, and bringing into captivity every thought. Spiritual warfare is in the suke realm. The thoughts, the anxieties, the what? That's where. Now, how do you cast it down? In other words, Satan brings thoughts, but I must pull them down. How do I pull them down? I pull them down by quoting what God says. Let me show you what Jesus did when he was tempted by the devil in the wilderness. Every time Satan came and, and brought thoughts, Jesus would respond by saying, it is written. What is he doing? He is capturing the imagination and he's bringing it down by the word of God. When you have been prayed for and you've been healed, when you leave this place and you feel a pain here and a thought comes into your mind, you're not healed, say, Satan, it is written that will lay their hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. I believe I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. What are you doing? You are bringing down the thought and the imagination. Yeah. Yeah. Every time a thought occurs to me, how are you going to build the thousand churches? What's going to happen? I said, well, as many as are led by the Spirit of God. Uskatula, when those thoughts come. Uskatula, the Arabe. Hit back by the word. Strike back with the gospel of peace. Oh, I see some dangerous people in the house. I said, I see some dangerous people in the house. 
For everything that the devil has said about you, you start answering him. My children will serve the Lord because the Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go and he will not depart from it. My family will be saved because it says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. I will walk in deliverance because the Bible says, I have been set free and if the Son of Man sets you free, I am free indeed. God will make sure he takes care of me for my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Answer! Answer back. Don't allow those thoughts to persist in your mind. Bring them down in the name of Jesus. Don't allow those thoughts. Bring them down in the name of Jesus. Don't allow the devil to prevail over you. Oh, bring them down in the name of Jesus. Stand up strong, soldier. Use those shoes of yours and kick the devil. Say, out of my house. In Jesus' name. Yeah. 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 Oh, trouble is coming. I said trouble is coming. In the kingdom of the devil, trouble is coming. For the soldiers are putting their shoes back on. See, Vazalana, these thoughts that come defeat us. Watch this now. And I'll close with this. next week. You can't control thoughts that come your way. You can't. You can't. Thoughts that come our way, they have three sources. There's thoughts that come from the devil. How do you know? Any thought that discourages you from God and it's against the scriptures is from the devil. There's thoughts that come from you. Can depend how they are. There's thoughts that come from God. Any thought from God will line up with the scriptures. It will encourage you. It will lift you up. For the most part, the thoughts that come away come from the devil. But you see, the devil is sneaky. He tries to make you believe that you are the one who's thinking that. Because how Satan works his way into your life is to first give you thoughts. And when you entertain them, they become imaginations. If you keep on imagining, then they become strongholds. And once it's a stronghold, you end up acting it out. It's a process. I can't it. So watch this. You can't stop thoughts from coming into your mind. Any more than you can stop birds from flying over your head. But you can stop thoughts from being conceived in your mind. In the same way, you can stop birds from building a nest in your hair. Are you listening? Evil thoughts can come at the holiest moment in a church service. I will serve no foreign gods. So you, you, can't, you can't stop them. That's why about Judas Iscariot, a thought came. Why don't, you, why don't you steal the money? Why don't you betray Jesus? He yielded to it. You can't stop thoughts. But when they come, you can deal with them. Look at your neighbor and say, comrade, you must deal with them. Yeah. 
How do you deal with them? This is how you deal with them. First of all, when a thought comes and you recognize it as being from the devil, the first thing you do, you respond out loud the scripture that opposes that thought. It is written. Secondly, don't empower that thought by talking about it. The book of Proverbs says, if you have done foolishly and you have thought evil, put your hand on your mouth. Watch this. A thought in your mind, when it is left unsaid, will die unborn. Oh. Do you want me to say that again? A thought that has come into your mind, when left unsaid, will die unborn. See, Wazalan, it is the saying of it that gives it life. So you start telling everybody, what's back at Lokunkla? Umpo newen. Umpo newen. Now, go higher. What happened? Satan brought the thought. Right? And Satan brought the thought. So you see these symptoms. This is how your malume, you remember when you were with your malume, you go, yeah, 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 yeah. So what happens? You start thinking on it all the time. You've forgotten that the Bible says by the stripes of Jesus, you're healed. Instead of bringing down that imagination, instead of kicking the devil through God's word and allowing peace to be your portion, you start thinking, then you start talking. And the more you talk, is the more you are planting seeds. And Bona, you start constituting spiritual law. You start telling others. If two of you on earth shall agree as touching anything you will ask, it will be done. So before you know where you are, you have the whole community agreeing with you. You will never live past the age of 70. And then when it happens, you are so happy, but what you don't understand is you empowered it. But the devil is a liar. I said the devil is a liar. From today, you're not going to worry. You're not going to be anxious. Even when things are bad, put your hand on your mouth. Sometimes we say things in frustrations that are bad. You just You just You just Yeah, particularly in those unguarded moments of frustration, we say things. We just say whatever. Wow, Listen. Even when you feel like that, watch. Because you are setting up yourself for failure. Because a thought left unsaid will die unborn. Let peace be your portion. I said, let peace be your portion. I said, let peace be your portion.
Maybe I'll do it when, we, when I come back to it probably next week. I often wondered why the apostles, when they greeted the church, they said, grace and peace. I often wondered. I often wondered. Even at the end, it says, and the peace of God. Yeah. You see, you see some of us, we didn't understand some of the other people about Kopan, about because you had no revelation. Peace of God. But some of you are in this place, there's no peace in your life. No peace. And the reason there's no peace is because you haven't given your life to God. You're trying to run your life. You're running away from God. You don't want to give your life to Christ. You're doing your best to handle your life. But my goodness, there's no peace. I'm here to tell you, God wants to give you peace this morning. The peace that only God can give. He said to his disciples, peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, but I give my peace to you. When you give your life to Jesus, he brings peace. Because Jesus is the only doctor that knows how to fix a sinful heart. That knows how to mend a broken life. That knows how to take a life that's far from God and bring it close without judging them. With love, mercy, and kindness. You are here, you've come on your own or you've been invited and you look at your life and you can see it's not pleasing before God. You don't need to leave this place and go back home the same way you came. I believe you came here by God's design. I believe you came here because God brought you here. I believe you came here because God wants to announce peace in your life. Bible says, and the people who are sitting in darkness so a great light. God brings light to our darkness. God brings order to our confusion. God brings peace in the midst of our troubled waters. My brother, my sister, my mother, my father, young person, please, I ask you, don't leave this place without that peace. Those of you at Brakpan, don't leave the church without receiving this peace. I want to pray with you today. I know God is able to bring peace to a troubled heart. You are here today and you say, you know what? My life is not pleasing before God. Would you please pray for me? I want to pray for you. Every head bowed and every eye closed, please. Even in the Brockburn, every head bowed, every eye closed. Even the people in the foyer. I want to ask you right now. If you say, please pray for me, Muruti. I really need God's peace in my life. Things are not going in a way that's pleasing. I want God to help me. I want to give him my life. Would you please pray for me? If that is you, would you raise your hand right where you are sitting? Just raise it up. I want to pray for you, please. Just raise it where you are. Just raise it high. Thank you for those hands. All over the place. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.